Welcome to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. The Vancouver Boys are the most entertaining sports cast in British Columbia. Steve Dangle here. I love the Vancouver Boys. It's the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Woo! Welcome back, everybody, to episode 50 of the Vancouver Boys Podcast. 5-0. Huge milestone here. Let's Halfway go. to 100. Freaking the boys are rolling. <laughs> and uh, we got a great episode on hand for you guys today. As Per usual, I am joined here with my fantastic co-hosts, Jake Jude. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? And Marcus Keller. How's it going, everybody? As per usual, I am calling in from Nanaimo. I was hoping to be somewhere <laughs> yeah. different today, but didn't quite work out that way. So at this point, I take Nanaimo. anything. <laughs> anything over Nanaimo? Anything over Nanaimo. <laughs> There's only so many things you can ask about Nanaimo yeah. before it gets old. But you know what I am going to ask? What's that? What, what's the weather like over there? <laughs> It is sunny. It is sunny today, that's for sure. No kidding. Sunny. It's always sunny in Nanaimo. (laughs) Questionable. (laughs) I'm surprised that it's sunny. Actually, today it was miserable for most of the day until I got in my car and drove here, and it got really sunny out of nowhere. I mean, you would think that the weather would be pretty similar between us, but with that being said, let's uh, kick things off how we usually do and uh, throw it to Marcus for the fake sponsor of the week. All right. Well, thank you, Tyler. Uh, just to remind our listeners that the fake sponsor of the week is only a placeholder for a real sponsor, which we think we might be able to get someday. This week's episode of the Vancouver Boys Podcast is brought to you by the Lonsdale Key Ferris Wheel. Much like the Dadanov trade, it would have been cool, but it never actually happens. The Lonsdale Key Ferris Wheel. We don't exist, and we probably never will. <laughs> When you started that, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? So do you guys know about this at all? No. So absolutely not. There was a proposed idea to put a Ferris wheel on the Lonsdale Key in North Van, like overlooking the water and everything. You guys might have seen Seattle has one. London has a very world famous one. And uh, they were just going to put it in temporarily. And they were going to do it and said, ah, we'll do it next year. Because next year we think, you know. It just seems like a better idea to do it next year. Sure. They didn't do it that year either. Then the pandemic hit, and then they decided we're never going to do it. (laughs) It was just so random. But what I found crazier was they were actually planning on just putting in a temporary one because they valued putting in a permanent one would cost $20 million. Jesus. Oh, my goodness. I I don't know if they were planning on building this out of, like, gasoline or something, but... (laughs) They Good were, one. Yeah. <laughs> they got a two for one there. Right. Um, but seriously, like, and they estimated even the temporary one they were going to put in for just uh, two months to rent it would have cost $40,000, and they thought they would only make about $10,000 back. Huh. So I guess there's better it's, ways to attract people to your city. It's crazy to me that there's that big of a jump between renting it and owning it. Yeah. It goes from... 40000 to $20 million. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. That's go like, big or go home. Yeah, that's like housing prices in Vancouver. Ah, yeah, three for just, one. Yeah. Three for one, everybody. <laughs> yeah, you could buy a Ferris wheel that overlooks the ocean, <laughs> or you could buy a house. Yeah. <laughs> hey, not just any house. It's got to be at least like two bed, one bath minimum. Yeah. $20 million. Bottom Come floor on. apartment. <laughs> You're in the basement. You have no windows. <laughs> yeah, communal washer. <laughs> oh man, that uh, Dandenoff situation is uh, is pretty funny. Oh, and like, we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of that to come. Oh yeah, plenty of Dandenoff coverage this week. Yeah, a weird amount actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, if you'd like to sponsor us, and I mean, hey, why wouldn't you? Um, Shoot us an email at vancouverboyshockey at gmail.com. We would love to discuss sponsorship. Alternatively, you can always reach us on social media at Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube, all of which you can find us at Vancouver Boys Podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Vancouver Boys underscore. What? Underscore. Why? Because at Vancouver Boys Podcast was too many characters to be a Twitter handle. So. We took out the S in boys, and we replaced it with an underscore. And the word podcast. The S and the podcast were both replaced Wait. by one singular so we're Van- underscore. we're Vancouver boy underscore. No, no. 
Vancouver boy. Oh, right. No, no, we didn't replace the S. God damn it. <laughs> uh, no, we're at Vancouver this boys. Situation's underscore. gotten so confusing. <laughs> Uh, I, I've explained it so many times. I'm starting to do it wrong. I don't even care anymore. All we use the Twitter for anyway is for Tyler to fucking <laughs> meme on people. So. Hey, what? I, I threw out some great, great tweets and some great, uh, great content, great content there. So check it out. Check it out. Yeah, I was actually all trade deadline. I was bouncing back and forth between Puck Empire on Instagram and our own Twitter feed, where I was reading Tyler's takes on everything. <laughs> oh, man. It was nice. I never had to text him. I was like, "Hey, did you see this trade?" I just refreshed Twitter. Let's see what Tyler thought. <laughs> oh man, yeah. it was not good. All right, it was not good. Yeah. <laughs> all right, as per usual, we are going to start this episode off with our Canucks news. Tyler Mott has been traded we are hitting it where it hurts we are starting off strong man we just beat the abs and you're getting that's your first point oh yeah well tyler mott to the rangers for a fourth oof yeah i mean maybe the return wasn't as good as i thought what here's the thing should have been the whole line for four firsts i i think we've discussed (laughs) that probably won't work yeah unless they can move the fourth they got in the trade Lamico and Highmore for four firsts. It's not gonna happen. I mean, no. Hey. Okay, but they—it's it, weird to me because it, it's always tough to gauge like what a player is worth, right? It's very much open to what the market is right now and how rare certain assets are to find. But what's always going to confuse me is that within 24 hours, we traded Travis Hamonic for a third, and any Canucks fan anywhere is going to tell you that Mott is way more valuable <laughs> than Travis Hamanick. Yet Mott gets less of a return at only a fourth. Are, are Canucks fans just crazy for overvaluing Mott? Or, or what, what well, happened? Hamanick did have another year left on his contract. Yeah, but on a terrible on contract. Right would want him. That, that's a mark against Hamanick, not <laughs> for him. <laughs> yeah, that was that Hamanick trade was atrocious. And for Ottawa. Ottawa fans are livid about it. They should be. They've been in uproar. Oh, yeah. I mean, we didn't want him. And neither apparently neither did any of the players on the Canucks. What yeah. what gets me the most is that it was zero salary retained. That is $3 million right off the books. And we got a third round pick out of it. Speaking of third round picks, we then used a different third round pick uh, to acquire Travis Dermott. So b- basically, you can look at that defensive situation like, we flipped Hamannick for Dermot. Dermot played on the Leafs and sucked. Well, no, he didn't suck. The Leafs sucked. They always <sighs> suck. But I think he could do really well here. I really do. He was just too far down in their depth chart, which is stupid of them. He shouldn't have been. I think we got a steal for this. This is a low-risk, high-reward trade. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree 100%. I love the acquisition of Dermot. I mean, you just got a third round pick from Ottawa for Hamannick, so it, it makes no sense. You're not you're not really losing out on anything. Yeah, no, it was a crazy, crazy weird deadline for the Canucks there. I'm I'm honestly shocked that Garland or nobody nobody else went. I mean, talks kind of got uh, got really silent towards towards that, even though it was kind of a very very high topic of conversation leading up to the deadline. I think a big part of what management kind of decided is that they don't have to move these guys until the summer, right? Some of them, they might still want to offload, but they don't have to make a rush decision now at the deadline. They might be better off to wait until the summer, gauge the market a little more. They might be able to actually get more for their value then. Fair enough. Uh, a big part of that too is actually the, the Canucks were desperately trying to move Pearson, Dickinson, Myers, and Halak and just had no takers. Anyone who was willing to accept any of them wanted other pieces to be included for their troubles because obviously these guys all either make too much money, suck, or are both. So, <laughs> yeah, it, I was going to say all of the above. Yeah. Yeah. That's all of them, actually. Yeah. All four of them make too much money and don't play very well. Halak just got the win in Colorado, though. I got to give that to him. Holy Jesus. He's trying to desperately find a way to segue into that, eh? Well, <laughs> desperately trying wasn't hard. <laughs> he That's weird. He's played so awful this whole year, and then he went, ah, best team in the league? No problem. I can shut them down. Only let in one goal the whole game. Yeah, hasn't he been pulled his last, like, two games? I believe so, yes. So that, that's 
crazy. He did only face like 32 shots on goal though, which is like oh, kind of 30. I feel like 30 is average for a game. Yeah. 30 feels like if you get 10 shots a period, that's, you know. All I'm saying though is like, it's, like he, it's not like he stole them the game, right? Like he wasn't the reason they won the game. He was just in net. No, and he but, didn't blow it. Yeah, well, that's just that's surprising though. That's like the bar was astronomically low, but he soared above it. <laughs> so he came in at where he should have, where the expectations were for him at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah, which is just mind-boggling now. Yeah, for sure. So one player in that game that looked pretty good was um, Brad Richardson, who the Canucks just claimed off wa- waivers. And anyone who's been living uh, under a rock is listening to this going, wait, is this this episode from 2015? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Former Predator. We brought back Brad Richardson. Yeah, he was with the Preds. I had no idea. Yeah. I knew he bounced around a lot, but I never knew he was with the Preds. Yeah, yeah. He's been with the Preds, the Kings, the Flames. Uh, I think he was with maybe like Ottawa or Montreal. I think it was an an Eastern team. He was with Arizona at one point. Nikita Trampkin broke his leg. Really? Yeah, when he played for the Oats. It was oh. funny. Nikita Trampkin, he wasn't even throwing a hit. Trampkin basically fell on him, and he snapped his leg. Jesus. Oh, it was bad, too. He was just on the ice screaming. It was, oh, it was yeah. awful to watch. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> this is not 2015. No, no. This is, in <laughs> fact, 2022, and Brad Richardson is a Canuck. Yeah, he's been with Colorado, L.A., Vancouver, Arizona, Nashville, and Calgary. Those are all the teams he's played for. Wow. Yeah. Guy gets around. He does get around. You know what else gets around? Who's that? Not Niels Hoaglander. Oh, yeah, he, that's brutal. As he is not with the team on this road trip. Yeah, what happened to him? Um, They obviously, like any team, they try to keep the injury as secret as they can. But we, we just know that he was injured a few games ago. And it, it sounds like the information out there right now sounds like it's a groin thing. And uh, he, it sounds like he could be out for at least another two weeks, Jesus, which is really tough because while he actually doesn't put up that many points, he's usually great on his lines. He makes the players around him a lot better. He's great with puck battles. He's similar to Garland that way. Yeah. You know, he doesn't get on the scoreboard that much, but he's great at setting guys up. Yeah. Well, he's good at working hard to get the puck. Yes. Yeah, but then doing absolutely nothing with it. Well, he, he has so, had yeah. difficulty with execution, you could say. <laughs> No, he works really hard to get the puck, but then does nothing with it, much like Garland. Those are the biggest problems those two players face. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. I can't even, I can't disagree for once. Well, one thing that I I don't know if you guys are aware of, and I I doubt a lot of people are because it's kind of a a league we don't talk about, is the SHL, the Swedish Hockey League. Mm -hmm. You guys, uh, do you guys know who holds the scoring record for that league for rookies? Uh, Pedersen? It was Elias Pedersen until two days ago. When Canucks prospect Linus Carlson beat that record. Really? And actually scored two goals in the game and ended up beating. So he's beating him by two now with part of the season to go. Wow. However, what I do have to say is that Pedersen, when he got that record, was 17. Linus Carlson is 22. Okay. However. So he's cheating. However, (laughs) when Pedersen came over from that same league with very similar numbers, came to the NHL and played really well Mm -hmm. his first season at least, and mm-hmm. I'd like to say the few after that. Um, Carlson was also just interviewed and asked if he plans to sign with the Canucks once the season is over. And he said that, yes, that is his ultimate goal is to become a Canuck as soon as he can. Wow. So, yeah, I know we just often talk about how the pipeline for the Canucks prospects is not that great right now. Can't overlook this guy. A lot of people forgot about him because he's kind of an overager in a European league. So mm-hmm. it's an easy thing to overlook, but hey. He, this guy has a chance to be something really special. I mean, you got to remember, it's just crazy. Every year since the 2015-2016 season, it feels like the Canucks have had a new young player come in every single year and make an impact. It's crazy. Well, think about it. Next year, say say this pans out and Carlson signs with the Canucks and makes the roster. Great, he's here, right? And probably Rathbone would be here too next year. Mm-hmm. Think about the year after that. Could you be looking at Klimovich being ready to go? Mm-hmm. You know, like, Yeah. They've, I think they've done a very good job of drafting and building a prospect pool. Mm-hmm. It's just obviously it's shallow now because most of them are in the NHL. But it looks like we still have another year or two of prospects coming. I'm still mad about the Tyler Madden trade, but... 
Yeah, I honestly, I, I've got to be real. I have not kept tabs on him since it happened. But I said at the time, if we don't re-sign to Foley, we lost this trade big. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But again, I haven't kept tabs on him since the trade. I think a lot of people were saying that about Cole Lind too, right? Is when, when he got taken in the expansion draft. But like, look at that. He went, he cleared waivers. The Canucks could have taken him back and they didn't. So you never know. Sometimes these, you know, early round draft picks that look like they're going to work, they don't work out. Speaking of bringing players back, that actually reminds me of a point that I forgot to bring up earlier about Mott going to the Rangers. Imagine this, right? Mott goes to free agency. His agent was convinced that they deserve more than $2 million. And a lot of people were on both sides of that saying, yes, he is worth it. and No, he isn't. If most NHL GMs agree that he isn't worth it and he goes into free agency and can't get $2 million, New York has a lot of guys that they have to resign before they resign Mott. I think there's a reality where he comes back to Vancouver. If he just agrees to sign for like 1.8, you know, if he stays just a fraction under 2 million, I think that they'd have no problem picking him back up. I'm good with it. <laughs> Put that line back together. It's a solid fourth line. Yeah. Can give you minutes whenever you need them. They're not a defensive liability or anything. So no, definitely not. And you've bring it up and you've picked up would, a fourth round would, pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, w- it would be a good play, especially for a team trying to make a playoff push to have that solid fourth line that can kind of help out and, and take a few minutes away from some of your, your bigger players when they need a rest. Yeah. Another thing I noticed too, was that um, just speaking of future lineups is that Linus Carlson plays center and right wing typically, or that's how he's listed on elite prospects. So you could realistically have an all Swedish line of Hoaglander, Pedersen and Linus Carlson. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. That'd be a cool young Swedish line. Yeah, It'd be neat. Oh, Pedersen's yeah. They'd all be about the same age. Yeah. Very similar in age. Uh, well, actually, I believe Carlson and Pedersen are the same age. And Hoaglander, I think, is a year younger than them. So, yeah. Okay. Then. They could have a lot in common, those three. I think the last time we had an all-Swede line was Sedin, Sedin, Erickson. <laughs> Hell, <laughs> yeah. Look at how well that, that turned one. out. <laughs> All right. Who's getting a six by six? Linus Carlson, that's who. <laughs> Yeah, no entry-level contract, straight six by six. No, for exactly. all three of them, lock them up for term. <laughs> <laughs> then the, the last thing I kind of wanted to bring up about the Canucks here was after Hamannick was traded, there were a lot of reports coming out that a lot of his teammates, or his ex-teammates now, were relieved that he was gone. It's very odd. It, it's rare that this comes out, but some reporters were saying that they had a lot of people reach out to them saying that, Hamannick was not well-liked in the dressing room at all. Do you think this has something to do with uh, the whole COVID situation at the beginning of the year? No, I mean, like, you can't really hold that over him, right? If if it were the case as to why they didn't like him, I think that says more about his teammates than himself. I think he just, he comes across as a bit of a arrogant player. I think he's probably got a bit of an ego. And, uh, you know, like, he didn't even stay in Vancouver when he was, wasn't playing with the team, right? Yeah. He was staying in, I think it was Winnipeg. Um, and so I think that might have something to do with it too. He just seemed disconnected from the team, never really wanted to be there. He was just there to pick up his paycheck and go home kind of thing. At least that's the way I see it. Yeah, I could even see the team, whether it's to do specifically with COVID or not, the bottom line is he was not here for the first half of the season, right? At the end of the day, when you're on a team, you have a responsibility and a commitment to that team. And if he wasn't honoring that, and especially while the team was playing horribly, and you have $3 million tied up in a defenseman you know, that isn't there, you're really a detriment to your own team. So I, I could see them being upset with him for that. Tyler just texted me his computer died. <laughs> we just lost our oh. feed with Tyler. <laughs> what a goof. What? A, oh, that's how we're going to do this. Okay. <laughs> what a goof move, Tyler. Plug your laptop in. <laughs> Don't let it die. What a goof. All right, well, now that uh, Tyler's laptop's all charged up and he's back with us, um, <laughs> welcome to my segment, The Biggest Goof of the Week. This is the part of the show where I go out, I find a player, coach, team, personnel, organization, whatever, what have you. I find a story and I bring it up with the guys and we have a little chat about it. And this week I thought I'd bring up a story that seems to be getting a little bit of attention, but nowhere near the right kind of attention. Um, this is a story that involves the goaltender, Jacob Markstrom. And I got a little bit of a clip. I'm going to show it to these guys and then I'll get their reaction. So here we go. Whoa. Oh, right in the fucking nads. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
So obviously, as Marcus described, holy Jesus, this, this is a clip of Jacob Markstrom kind of getting the. I guess it's like a tiny little whack from Hurdle in the crease. Yeah, but then nothing you don't see no. five times a game. He didn't even. He no. He didn't even get a whack. The guy pushed the puck into the empty into the net, and right. that's what he lost it about. And that was right. enough for Markstrom to go full on circumcision on yeah. him. Holy! So, but not only that, first Markstrom takes a swing at his ankles, and then he just drives the the toe end of his of his paddle into the guy's groin. Oh yeah. So for me, I've always been uh, a defenseman my whole life, and. You get. I you get you're gonna say you've been defensive of your nads. No, well, I mean that too. <laughs> but like, as I've grown up, my whole life, I've always been taught. You know, as a defenseman, you got to protect your goalie. Yeah. And the biggest thing for me is like, I want to like my goalie. I want to respect my goalie, and that's why I'm gonna stand up for him. But if my goalie was doing shit like this, I'd be embarrassed to stand up for him. It's like you don't act like that. I've always admired Jacob Markstrom. I think he's a great goalie, but that took it way too far. Here's the thing: the little whack at the ankles. I'm almost okay with, you know, they did something kind of chippy. You do something chippy back. You give him a little whack. Sure. But yeah, you're right. He, he went too far. And I love Markstrom. I love Markstrom, but you're right. He, there's no reason to lose your temper like that. Hey, maybe somebody pissed in his cornflakes that morning. We don't know. That would be just about the only thing that I would understand <laughs> why he would do it. Cause I mean, he winds up and he spears him so hard. <laughs> I mean, you can see his hips fly backwards. He gets speared so hard in the nuts. I mean, it's 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 violent. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, that uh, that deserves a suspension for sure. But you know, here's the thing: I haven't seen any conversation about this anywhere about how he deserves a suspension. Oh, I've only seen it like brought up in memes. Exactly. That's because goalies get this stupid free pass. It's like they get get away with whatever they want because they're goalies. But it's bullshit. Like if you saw a defenseman spear a guy like that. Easy. Oh, yeah. Easy He's gone two suspension, games. Right? But for some reason, because goalies are, you know, some, they get held above everyone else. He gets a free pass to pull that. It's such bullshit. Funny enough, one of the only things I can remember, well, not that recently, but related to me was when, do you guys remember when Brandon Prust speared Brad Marchand when he was in Vancouver? Yep. Vaguely, yeah. I remember he, I don't think he got a suspension, but he got fine 5K, the maximum allowable under the, C, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and they interviewed him after and said, oh, you know, looking back, do you think, you know, maybe you should have held up or yeah. kept your cool? And his exact quote was, that's best. the best money I've ever spent. Yeah, I do remember that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're right. That was quite a few years ago now. So lately that is more of a suspendable act. And you're right. I've never heard anything about, you know, how he should probably face discipline for that. Yeah. And, I mean, the cherry on top for this story for me is the Flames actually lost that game to the San Jose Sharks in Oof. regulation. So, it just, if it wasn't the biggest goof of the week already, yeah. you know, now it is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I'm stunned. You know, I hold Jacob Markstrom to a much higher standard than that, and I really hope we don't see this again. I honestly think they should have just been like, you know what, enough's enough. Here's a five-game suspension. Like nip that in the butt, you know. First offense, send a mess. Send a message. <laughs> you love sending messages. <laughs> Honestly, if people would just send a few more messages, then you wouldn't you wouldn't get all the chippiness. Like you wouldn't get all the like the shit. I mean, Seems but then again, your version of sending a message is still trading for Reeves, Wilson, and put and Kane and putting them on a line together to send a message. <laughs> To yeah, the world. <laughs> Send a message to anyone in your square kilometer. <laughs> that would be a great line. And I'm sticking to it. Send a message to the league. The uh, You know who didn't send a message to the league? The Ottawa Senators. When they did not tell the Vegas Golden Knights that oh. Evgeny Dandenoff did not have a no trade clause. You know what? We are going to talk about this flawless transition that was, <laughs> that was like flawless i don't transition. really bring that up often but wow <laughs> sending a message because the ottawa senators forgot to send a message yeah what a, what a transition <laughs> well done tyler yeah, press the fucking button of the applause the, there, there well, it is first try well done yeah i knew which one it was <laughs> sure you did because you know what We're button it's beside them. what it's beside this button man people are gonna think that our uh, podcast is scripted now 
<laughs> are they? <laughs> I promise you none of this is scripted. Yeah, if you think that this is the plan, <laughs> this is how we plan for things to go, <laughs> we have vague bullet points of what to talk about. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, back to this message that Tyler was alluding to. <laughs> right. <laughs> what happened? So the Vegas Golden Knights tried to trade Evgeny Dandinoff to the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for John Moore and Ryan Kessler's contract in the sole purpose of creating enough cap space, cap space so that their players could actually play and come back because they're going to be screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, what they didn't realize was Danidoff didn't have, that he had Anaheim on a 10-team no-trade list, and now the, the trade's been voided, so... This creates a whole shit ton of problems for the for the Golden Knights going forward here. Yeah, so it sounds like now they have just over $400,000 in free cap space, which isn't a lot, especially considering they needed $13 million to bring back Stone and Martinez. Uh, Dadanov makes $5 million a year, which they thought they just got rid of. And the Kessler contract they would have been receiving would have taken $7 million off. So that would have been about enough money to bring both of those guys back off LTIR. They can now bring back neither of them. The, the one thing that concerns me is, like, how did they not know? It's literally, if you open up cap friendly, it literally shows that Dadanov has a 10-team list right there. Well, that any Joe, any Joe Blow could have found this. I mean, that, that's kind of what I found funny is people were saying, oh, Ottawa pulled a fast one on them. And I was like, no, they didn't. This was completely Vegas's fault. This is like an open thing that you, anyone has this information, right? It's not Ottawa's job to sit there with Vegas and read through the contract. Vegas employs their own people to do that. Well, clearly they need new employees. With that being said, can Dandanov still be traded or is this like a done deal? No, this is after the trade deadline. They, like, they can't move him. They're stuck with him now. That's where you're wrong. Really? They can trade him. However, th- there's only one team I could think of that would be crazy enough to do this kind of a trade, and it would be Arizona, because they can trade him. However, they cannot use him in a game until next season. Oh. So they could trade him to get the cap off, yeah. right? And they could even give away picks and whatever. They, but just Arizona cannot activate him onto their own, or whichever team does this <laughs> yeah. with them, yeah. cannot uh, activate him onto their roster until next season. Right. So, so you, if if I'm Arizona, I'm being like, all right, I'll give you a seventh round pick for Dadanov and a first. But the thing there is that like Dadanov doesn't clear enough space for them to be able to bring back these guys. Right, like Dadnov helps, but he's not like the sole piece no. that they can move to to clear enough space to bring back Stone. And who did you mention the other one was? It was well, it was Ryan Kessler's contract. No, I know, but the, the players that they want to activate are Stone and oh, sorry, Alex Stone and Martinez. Martinez. Right, those are the two players they want to yeah. reactivate, but they can't. That's right. Enough cap space, and Dadnov doesn't clear enough for them to bring them both back. Uh, actually, he brings just barely enough to activate Martinez. Yeah, yeah, but Stone, who's the big one, would still be. Sitting on the bench, he's... And I, I don't know what that means either. If if Vegas makes the playoffs and say they try to pull a cooch and activate Stone on the first day of the playoffs, but they've proven that Stone was healthy prior to that, do they get penalized for that? There has to be something. No. That's the I issue feel... with the rule, right? Yeah. That's a tough one. That is a that is a real, real tough situation there. But at this point, like they're really in danger of missing the playoffs. Yeah. Which I don't think anyone was was ready for. At this point in the season. No. No, I, everyone thought they were a lock to just run away with the Pacific. There was a bunch of people that were also talking as like, um, they're like, well, why is Anaheim on Dadanov's 10-team no-trade list? Like, of all the places, why would you not want to play in Anaheim? We had all three Californian teams. Do you guys know why? I believe I heard uh, at least one reason. There, I'm sure there's more than one, but... Yeah, well, like, the reason I'm thinking of is obviously the tax situation. Yeah, that's what I've heard as well. Oh, yeah. You're in Vegas and you're getting $5 million, You get to keep your $5 million. You're in California you're getting $5 million. You're you really walking away with two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, where would you rather play? 
Yeah, and I've actually heard a lot of people talking about this recently, about how the tax situation in places like Tampa Bay, where, you know, Braden Point's making $7 million a year versus, uh, you know, a player that's playing in, I don't know, somewhere like Toronto or, or LA or whatever, where the taxes are so much higher, um, you know, ultimately, you know, that's not really a team-friendly contract where, you know, Braden Point could be making more because he ends up taking home all seven of those million rather than a player who, you know, gets taxed like crazy that ends up bringing home the same amount. You know, they're just, they're making the same amount. It just looks like a team-friendly deal because it's lower on the cap. Yeah. Yeah, so if you if you look at a player like Mitch Marner on the Toronto Maple Leafs, he's making almost $11 million a year. Right. But if you look at his take home and Braden Point's take home, it's the same. Wow. So as much as you want to hate on Marner's contract, I mean, he's really is is he worse than Braden Point? Because his take home is the same amount. I've actually heard Brian Burke talk about it. And, you know, he's been a GM. He's done pretty well everything there is to do in hockey. And he's I want this one quote. I'll never forget that he said. Why do you think so many players have seven team no trade lists? Huh. Because there are seven Canadian teams. Yeah. And it, it's not that they won't come here because of the media or the weather, well, maybe with Winnipeg or something like that. Edmonton like, yeah, Winnipeg. no one wants to go to Edmonton or Winnipeg. Fair, yeah, whatever. There's, them, right? there's no <laughs> amount of money that's going to change that. Who the fuck wants to go to Winnipeg anyway? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously. It's not like they want to stay out of Vancouver because of the media or the weather or the housing prices. It's the taxes. It's that they don't get to keep any of what they're making. Yeah. Right? And that's, you're right. I wish the league would address it, but they never will because as we've talked about at nausea by now, the NHL does not want Canadian hockey teams to be successful. They just don't. It's not in their best interest money-wise. And they know that those fan bases are going to always be there. Exactly. They can water down the teams as bad as they want. But that's even why some people have said that uh, Canadian teams overpay so much in free agency is because they have to or no one will look at them. Yeah. Right? And It just sucks when those overpaid players are Louis Erickson and Tyler Myers. (laughs) I know. But. I mean, Myers went from Winnipeg to Vancouver. Yeah, that's true. uh... (laughs) That's brutal. However, I I, I do got to say this, though. Because the league won't do anything to help, you know what I would do if I was prime minister? Change the tax rule? Yep. Prime Minister. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I would make an exemption for professional athletes in Canada. Now, here's the thing. It's a tough thing to sell because a lot of people look at that and go, oh, he's just giving millionaires tax breaks and whatever, right? But here's where I think this comes back to help everybody. Look at the economy in Vancouver in terms of restaurants in 2011 and the couple of years surrounding oh, it. Oh, God. You and this point, you oh, constantly yeah. make. They oh, it's good were... economically for the Canucks to be good. It is. <laughs> it is. Restaurants every weekend oh, were God. packed with people that were going out to watch the games with their friends. Right? So much money was coming in. That doesn't happen when the team's shit because no good players want to come here. <laughs> Right, And that's such a huge part of the reason why. So I would abolish that, boost the economy. Canada's <laughs> soaring, number one country in the world in most aspects. Um, while and you're I- at it, do you want to fix my taxes? Because I've paid <laughs> so much in taxes this year, it's not even funny. Yeah, just abolish taxes in yeah. general. And gas is free. Just yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, All right, Marcus for prime minister. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I'm running. Marcus for Prime Minister. Yeah. That's actually the only reason I agreed to do this podcast, just to give myself a platform. Running for PM. Don't worry, I'm sure that meme page will, will be able to figure something out about, about this. You, you think if we ask him nicely, he'll make a, a candidacy poster? Oh. <laughs> he'll, put out one of the, he'll put out a lawn sign. Yeah, Marcus 2025. Yeah. <laughs> Running independently. <laughs> No party. I'll back you. I guess it'd probably be conservative, I think. You think you'd go conservative? I. Th- what other party is going to let me give NHL players a tax break and give out free gas? The PPC. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, but I don't want to have my picture beside a PPC logo. Don't do that, memes guy. <laughs> just, wink, just, wink. just run independently and I'll back you financially. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> back me financially. And so will the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> no, the NHL won't. Again, they don't want Canada to have this. Fine. Well, okay, all Kane Canadian will. teams will back Great. you. Yeah, all these <laughs> Vander Kane's going double or nothing on me winning <laughs> the election. 
Okay, oh we usually save going off the rails this far for the second half. <laughs> Should we try to bring this back to hockey? I don't think so. I think let's no. just go to break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that being said, um, we we got a ton to talk about after break, a lot of trades to go into, a lot of other good stuff. So for right now, we're going to throw it into break right after a word from our fake sponsor. This week's episode of the Vancouver Boys Podcast is brought to you by the Lonsdale Key Ferris Wheel. Much like the Dadanov trade, it would have been cool, but it never actually happened. The Lonsdale Key Ferris Wheel. We don't exist, and we never will. We'll be right back. That'll be another running point for me. I'm going to put in the Ferris Wheel if I'm elected Prime Minister. (laughs) Tyler will fund it. As with my campaign. <laughs> oh, boy. It's just going to be a giant rotating poster with my face on it. Jesus. <laughs> All right. I, uh, this only cost I'm... you $40,000. Mm, 20000000 million. It's permanent. <laughs> it's a permanent ad. <laughs> All right, boys. I'm, I'm going to the bank. <laughs> oh, man. You're listening to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. That's her name. Don't wear it out. Man, we got to sign this guy to a six by six. Tampa Bay was $18 million over the salary cap. UC Soros is the best goalie in the NHL. Welcome back, everybody, from break, as promised. Trade deadline talk. Let's talk about the trades. Some big players were moved. I'm super excited. Florida Panthers went all in. How do you guys feel about, uh, about that Giroux trade? I think he's washed up, and he isn't going to help them as much as they think he is. Wow. <laughs> There's a take. There, there is a Jake take right there. A Jake yeah. take? Yeah. Yeah. I when mean, you take something that's really good, and you're like, nah, it wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Drew's old. He's on a bad team, and it wasn't even like he was the best player on a bad team. I think he's just he's ring chasing, and he doesn't help them as much as he's going to help him. As much as they're going to help him. Oh, I don't know about that, man. This is a good player still. No, I agree. I, Claude Giroux is still a solid hockey player. He's going to compliment any player you put him with. He's great with the puck. He can find you in all the open spaces. He's a power play specialist. You think like, he's going to be on the power play? I know he's going to be on the power play. What? At the very him, least, the second unit, yeah. Put him. You you can put him down in that like bumper spot, and then you have him, um, Huberto, Barkov, Ekblad if he ever gets unhurt. Well, I mean, in the playoffs last year, Florida went with five forwards on the power play. So yeah, and they got knocked out it? in the first round. Yeah, by <laughs> the Stanley Cup champions. In was it not Game Seven? No, it, I think was it was game seven. Was it? Yeah, was it game? Seven? Yeah, something like that. I knew it was seven or six, but my yeah. point it was being, seven. They didn't get knocked out by some nobody. <laughs> put it this way: and they ha- had they had no Ekblad. Had they put, still don't have Ekblad? If they squeaked out of that round, though, they would have been the Stanley Cup champions. Absolutely, but now they got Ben Sherratt as well. So yeah. I think I think they did enough at the deadline to to make themselves the number one team going into into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, really, when you look at the East and specifically the Atlantic, it is just an arms race over there. They're just trying to build these. They have so many stacked teams now that seem like they, they did quite well at the deadline, and they're all pushing for the finals. They're all believing in some sense that they can make it. And it's so weird that, like, the playoff picture in the East has already been set up. Right, like the distance between I think it's I think it's Boston in the second wild card spot or Washington or someone. But then the distance between them and the and the Blue Jackets, who are in the spot just outside the playoffs, is huge. Yeah. So at the time of recording, Washington has the second spot with eighty points. Mm-hmm. Columbus is one spot behind them with sixty seven. Yeah. So that is a thirteen point gap between playoff team and non playoff team. Yeah, so it's like those eight teams have already been set. Yeah. It's just insane. You know what the gap is in the Pacific? In the Pacific? Yeah. Or sorry, in the in the West. Uh probably like one or two points. It is one point. Yeah. 
So it's it's close. So it's, uh, it's a more balanced uh, league over there on the uh, on the west. It's a little more parity in the west than in the east. <laughs> yeah, it seems like everyone belongs in the same league over here. Mm-hmm. And then there's Arizona, but <laughs> and the Avalanche that only get thumped by Arizona. Yeah. Another big trade that happened was Mark Andre Fleury got dealt to the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. I found this interesting because Jake has very boldly claimed a few times you can't fix goaltending problems at free agency. It doesn't happen. Mm. Big name goalies don't get moved at the deadline. And I, I maintain that Mark Andre Fleury is not a big name goalie. You don't think that a lot of people recognize the name Mark Andre Fleury? Um, a lot of people recognize the name Ilya Brzgalov, but I wouldn't consider him a big name goalie. Whoa, whoa, whoa! He is elite. <laughs> He's Why you gotta drug. be so mean, man? Come on. <laughs> Hockey is only game. Why yeah. you have to be mad? It's only game. It's only game. <laughs> you do you, that pretty good, actually. Universe is humongous big. <laughs> you, you do that in the... What, what was the other one that you do for your dad? The, leave me alone. It's from Vinolios. <laughs> <laughs> from Vigilios. Leave me alone. Oh, Vigilios. <laughs> If you haven't seen Grown Ups, that would have been a very confusing moment there for you. What is it? V- v- Virgilio's. Virgilio's, not Manolio's. Virgilio's. Leave me alone. It's from Virgilio's. Leave me alone. Manolio's sounds like some sort of disease. They both yeah. sound like an Italian disease. <laughs> anyway, oh boy. I-, I think that's a great pickup for Minnesota, though. And I think it's an awful pickup. I, I know I know you think Flurry is an awful goalie. No, I just... no, 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 no. I don't think he's an awful goalie. I think he is a the worst playoff choker in NHL history. Mitch Marner. No, well, ooh, yeah. That's Mitch Marner has more <laughs> penalty there, okay. minutes than points in the playoffs. Then Austin Matthews. No, he's actually not terrible in the playoffs. He's he he just doesn't get better in the playoffs. Some players step it up when the playoffs comes. Matthews just doesn't. He doesn't have that extra gear. Yeah. Um, but you have to at least agree on the fact that Mark Andre Fleury and Mitch Marner are in the same tier of playoff choker. No, I do not. Really, I yeah. disagree as well. Case okay, so, uh, one of them was the starting goalie when they won a Stanley Cup over a decade ago. The other one has not been past the first round in what five tries now. So less than a half a, de- a half a decade ago. A half a decade of straight failure. Like literally nothing but failure the whole time. How many times has Marc-Andre Fleury been in the finals? Three? Four. Four. He was in the finals with Vegas in 2018. There you go. You cannot get to the finals as a bad goalie. You can if you have one or two bad forwards. You cannot get to the finals with bad goaltending. It doesn't happen. All right, I can give you that. But what I can't give you is that Marc-Andre Fleury is going to make the Minnesota Wild better. I just don't think so. He might not make them a cup contender, but he makes them better. No, see, I think Cam Talbot should be the starting goalie there. You're kidding me, right? Acquiring Marc-Andre Fleury, I still think he's the backup. Or he should be. No, I think they're going to roll 1A and 1B and they'll figure it out. But I doubt that they're just going to go, all right, Fleury, you're riding the pine for the next eight games. No chance. Well, I guess we'll find out then. I guess we will. Well, they gave up a second round pick. Well, conditional second. If they make the conference finals, it becomes a first. So I guess we are almost waging a first round pick on this then. Yeah, but that's being like if he's the goalie that gets them to the Western Conference finals, that's one thing. But if he's the backup that gets them there, that's going to sting for Minnesota. I believe that's part of the condition, too, is Flurry has to win four games in that span for it to become a first. Hmm. So they have to make the conference finals, and Flurry has to be in net or credited with four wins by the time they get to the conference finals. That's excellent uh, management by, uh, who is it, Bill Guerin? I think it's Bill Guerin in Minnesota. Excellent, okay. excellent work on that trade by him. Why? Because you think it's not going to happen? No, I just think that he put in the right defense mechanisms so that if Flurry doesn't work out, he still gets to save that first round pick. Okay, yeah, I see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. I was going to say, too, that, that always that's always been funny to me. Is like I get when it's like a conditional second that turns into a first, 
I've never understood the ones that have the caveat at the end of it's a conditional six that could turn into a fifth. It's like, really? We're really splitting hairs that hard on mm-hmm. this? And the condition is some weird, obscure thing. Like, I, I just, I've never understood that. Okay, well, moving on to another trade. Marcus's favorite player got traded, but not to the Vancouver Canucks. Max Domi was dealt in a three-way trade to Carolina. Yeah, and somehow... Marcus, you want to break that one down for us? Oh, jeez. It's... Yeah, thanks. Give me the three-way trade to try to verbalize. Um, I'll just start off by saying this, just telling you the end result, is that Carolina now has Max Domi for the rest of the season for $1 million. Yeah. That is all they have to pay him. Because I think it's Florida retains salary. In this deal, somehow Flora ended up with some of his salary. Yeah. Which I think is so backwards. Yeah, it's unbelievable that a team that close to being in the finals or that's good enough to be in the finals yeah. is taking on salary to help other teams in a trade. Yeah. For a prospect. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. You know, it's a gamble, but it could work out for them. Right? Sure, a, yeah. a lot of people have said one of the Canucks' biggest problems in 2011 or in the years after, was they didn't plan for a future without the Sedins. They gave away all their high picks until, like, the 2014 draft. I don't want to break down this trade. Yeah, this Tyler, is you stupid. break it down. <laughs> so, I'm not breaking this down. <laughs> okay, great. No, hell, we'll put this on. We're not really sure who anyone is here, but Columbus gained a prospect. Um, Florida gets a sixth-round pick from F- Columbus. And I believe they acquired Korshkov from Carolina. In all of this, Carolina receives Inamoto, Max Domi, with 50% retained by Columbus and 25% retained by Florida, making his cap hit for the rest of the season only $1 million. What a deal. There you go, go, stats guy. Yeah, geez, earning my name over here. The last trade or big trade that we're going to talk about here is the Mark Giordano trade to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So essentially the Seattle Kraken trade Mark Giordano and Colin Blackwell to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for a a second round pick this year, a second round pick next year, and a third round pick in the following year. They will, they're also retaining 50% of Giordano's salary. But his contract is up at the end of this season. Yes, it is. Okay. Honestly, I'm I'm a bit impressed that Dubas got him without giving up a first. But at the same time, two seconds and a third? Odds are at least one of those is, beginning, is going to become a decent NHLer. So I think they still gave up a lot. Oh, absolutely. I think they, I don't know. I think they gave up a little too much considering it's a rental. Giordano's old. I mean, is he really going to be the player that they, that he, he was before? Yeah, I know really... they're trying to reunite him with TJ Brody, but you're not going to get the same Giordano or Brody. Yeah. I really can't help, but like try to figure out what Dubis was thinking when he looked at his team and then he looked at Florida, and then he looked at Tampa Bay, and even looked at Boston, <laughs> and thought to himself, yeah, we're a 38-year-old defenseman away from being better than these teams. That's what we need to be better. And so he overpaid for a four-month rental, when, like, whether he uses those dra- where whether he would have used those draft picks or not, he could have used those for a player that he could have traded for in the offseason. Like, come on, man. Look at your team. You're not making it out of the first or second round. Like, it's just not happening. You're in the best division. Cut your losses. Try to figure out how to make your team better in a year from now, in two years from now, so when so that when those teams are on the way down, you're on the way up. This trade makes no sense for me from the Toronto perspective. I mean, yeah, Giordano helps now, but not enough. I mean, the, the other thing I could have seen is if it was like a sign-in trade, like had they given him up but then brought him over and had him like already agreed to a cheap deal to keep him there for another year or two, maybe, you know? But yeah, like you said, that's a lot to give up for a guy that 
in all likelihood, probably won't be in Toronto come the start of next season. I don't see him re-signing there. No, me neither. And I don't think Toronto's really going to have the cap space to sign him, so... And I mean, again, it, it surprises me that, like, with a goalie like Flurry out on the market, I mean, clearly he was tradable, they didn't go after him. You know, that they have faith in their goalie tandem, which has been comical this whole calendar year. They've been terrible. It, it's just weird to me. It, it seems like their their priorities just are not in the right places. That's what I got from it. All right, enough of the Seattle Kraken and their draft picks. Um <laughs> What are you talking about? Uh, what's, That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's next on the docket? Um, actually, hey, I got something I wanted to bring up with you guys. I don't know if you guys saw this, but it came out earlier this week that Brad Marchand, he just signed a deal for his own brand of cereal. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be called um, March Munch. It is a cinnamon crunch cereal but it looks really cool and i'm really happy for the guy you know couldn't have happened to a better person but i thought that was kind of weird i bet it tastes like vomit and rat poison jesus (laughs) and fingers (laughs) i bet he puts one razor blade in every bag oh Oh my my goodness (laughs) and markets it for kids (laughs) that's what gives it that special munch sound (laughs) it's more of a snap really it's more of a ow anyway that was kind of cool you know it's yeah that's funny you don't really get too many of those like crossovers with athletes like i remember when i was a little kid like Sidney crosby was on everything yeah like they don't really do these crossovers with players and brands anymore well the other than like athletic brands but that's just like you know the other thing is from what i know this is like his own brand of cereal like i don't know what umbrella it falls under but it's like it's his Mm -hmm. you know i've seen like cheerios where they'll like they'll plaster Sidney Crosby on the front of it, but they're still Cheerios, you know? They're yeah. just endorsed by Sidney Crosby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not his own cereal. Yeah, no, yeah. This is, like, his own new cereal. It, to me, it just looks like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Like, it doesn't look any different, but they're calling it March Munch, which I think is kind of cool. Should have done it with Fruit Loops. At any rate, I think it was a cool kind of unique story I wanted to bring up. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty funny. Marcus obviously didn't like it, but... Uh... <laughs> I did not. I will not be buying any March Munch in the near future. Well, speaking of things that Marcus doesn't like, I want to bring it back to the Maple Leafs real quick. Oh, God. What an awful episode this is. <laughs> Talking about the Bruins and the Leafs. <laughs> back to back. All right. No, there's been uh, there's been some stories going around lately of um, the Toronto Maple Leafs and their waiver claims. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on how everybody that they send down or everyone they put on waivers practically gets picked up and uh steve dangle actually talked about this the other day and he said he got some inside information that other nhl teams are claiming these players on purpose just to screw with the toronto maple Leafs. (laughs) of course a Leafs fan would think that (laughs) wait he genuinely wait hang on wait just hold on (laughs) slow your roll wait so he thinks Throw on the brakes. that they're doing this just to mess with the Leafs, like just for fun. Yeah. Because even the, uh, even last season, I think the Canucks claimed two Leafs off of waivers. Well, there was Levo. No, 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 that Jimmy was VC. like before that. That's right, yeah. VC. Yeah, last year it was VC and Travis Boyd, I think, was oh, the yeah, other one. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. And yeah. Levo was the year before. Levo was the, a couple uh, years before. We've had Levo for a while. In, in the yeah, in the last two years, the Maple Leafs have had eleven players claimed off waivers, and that is more than double the next closest team. Jesus Christ! But apparently, there's teams that are like um, when they they were asking GMs about it, like, "Oh, would you pick this player up?" And he's like, "No, I I wouldn't, but I'm really hoping another GM does," and like and stuff like that. So it's pretty funny that they're just trolling the Leafs. Did they give the a reason for why? It. Because it's the Leafs. Everyone hates the Leafs. Because <laughs> fuck the Leafs, it, that's why. It cannot just be because all the GMs agree with me and that the Leafs should be punished. Like, that can't be the only reason. There's no other reason other than... <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's hilarious, though. Oh, it is. It's great. I love it. But, like, I, I cannot believe that the whole conspiracy is let's do this because 
fuck the Leafs. <laughs> I cannot be the only reason that all the other 31 GMs in the league decided to claim every Leaf off of waivers. Especially because this one was like a fifth string goalie. Yeah. <laughs> that they just signed out of Finland. I know. And it's like, it's like really what, what team is, is going after this? But um, with that being said, I think uh, that pretty much wraps up our hockey talk. And uh, we, we need to do a, a nice little belly flop, just a regular old belly flop into the inbox. Nice regular belly flop. That, that sounds yeah. like a, a small one, but funny enough, this is a pretty big belly flop because we got a lot of questions this week. Holy cow. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna rip through a, a couple of these real yeah, quick. We're we're, ju- we're gonna have to do these very quickly. We might even have to cut some. I'm sorry, we usually don't have to, but this week I think we're we're not gonna get through all of them. Um, all right, the first the first question that we're going to is about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Thoughts on the new Leaf jerseys? Oh man, the reversible Drew House Justin Bieber collab ones. yes those ones here's the thing i'll admit on the blue side when i first saw it like the side that they wear in games i honestly thought when i first saw the picture that's not bad you know it's kind of cool the blackout jerseys are becoming a thing now but because the logo is so dark you can't see it when they're playing on tv like when you're so zoomed out it just looks like they're wearing black head to toe you can just see like the stripes on the arms that's it so I, i don't like them it's cool. It's fun. I get like the concept behind it is neat, but I, the execution was just not right for me. I didn't like it. And I'm not just saying that because I don't like the Leafs. I, their jerseys, I don't even mind their regular ones. I think they're iconic, but I don't like these at all. I think my only question is just like, why? Like, why, why did they do this? You know, like no other team has ever decided, you know what? Let's do a crossover event with a pop star to make jerseys with their brand like it just doesn't make any sense to me i mean it's toronto they got tiktok on their helmets yeah that's true <laughs> what an excellent point you, you know what i've seen before <laughs> that i've even liked was some people have done concept designs of leafs jerseys crossed over with ovo drake's brand and they look really nice they've done it in like gold they've had the cn tower going up the middle of the leaf like it looked really cool and i i honestly preferred those to what they actually came out with all right, well, sticking with jerseys here, let's. Uh, there's another question regarding jerseys. Surprise, surprise. People love our jersey talk. This says, what are your top three favorite and least favorite jerseys? I think we might have to shorten that to one because we're a bit short on time. So I yeah, was and let's say. And let's go with jerseys of our non-favorite teams because I think that we've probably touched on that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'll go first. Uh I absolutely love the original Mighty Ducks jersey, the white ones. Those were just, I, I think, some of the most beautiful and most iconic hockey jerseys of all time. Least favorite, even though I like it because it's kind of rare and as a jersey collector, it's cool, the Mooderous. <laughs> the Mooderous is just awful. The color scheme of, like, red-green on a black base and again, the logo, as the name sounds, it looks like the diagrams they'd show you in middle school. Like, it's just awful jersey. I, I hate that thing is so ugly. However, if I found one reasonably priced, I would buy it so quick. It would be unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. But that's just because it's rare, right? Because they didn't make many of them. But yeah. Anyway, that, that's my favorite and least favorite. What about you, Jake? Um, I can't really think of one like off the top of my head that just like jumps out at me. But, you know, I love the Screaming Eagle just as a logo. Yeah. I just think it's so cool. It just shows off the capital so well. Uh, I think that that's definitely. It's got that slanted line that, like, goes with the angle of the eagle, too. It's a exactly. cool jersey. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I love that look. Do you like the blue one or the white one better? Oh, the blue one for sure. Blue? I, I'm a sucker for a home jersey, yeah. Okay. Or yeah. a dark jersey. Yeah, when well, they had those, I think the white yeah, would have been the home. Exactly, yeah. But, I'm, yeah, I'm a sucker for the darks for sure. Okay. Least favorite? My least favorite jersey? Yeah, you got to name your favorite and your least favorite. Oh. Um, the Yawning Predator. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm going to go with the Jets Away 90s. <laughs> really? It's just, it's just bland. It just says Winnipeg Jets. It, there's nothing really special about it. 
And it's just a white jersey. I don't know. It's just so basic and boring. Again, would have been their home jersey back then. Right, yeah. But the white jersey from the 90s. Nah, don't like it. Never have liked it. I think I have to go with the Arizona Coyotes Kachinas. Yeah, that's a good one. The dark or the white? Honestly, I like the dark ones. But I know a lot of people that that really prefer the white ones. But I'm going, I'm going with the dark ones. Okay. Least favorite. And my my least favorite would have to be those ugly stadium series smash. You fucker! (laughs) You just had to pick a Preds jersey, didn't you? Definitely in the Adidas era. Those those are down there, buddy. Those you know what the Avs the Avs stadium jerseys. Okay, yeah, those those are are horrendous. Actually, I hated the Kings one too. That was. (sighs) Oh, the one just says LA. Yeah, I like those. I thought those were cool. Yeah, a lot of the stadium series ones have sucked, which is too bad because they used to have a reputation for being the nicest. Mm-hmm. But they just they have not yeah, been weird. good in the Adidas era. I'll give you this though: the Smashville jerseys, though, from a distance, they actually look pretty good. It's just up close; the letters are all wonky. From a distance, from a distance, like far enough good. away that you can't tell what you're looking at. Kind of. Yeah, if you're legally blind <laughs> and watching a hockey game. What are you doing? (laughs) Also, I want to change my answer a little bit. Okay. As much as I love the Screaming Eagle, there's a special spot in my heart for the uh, the goat head Buffalo Sabres jerseys. I had a feeling you might switch to that. I don't know if I could. Yeah, I got to switch. I got to go with the goat head Sabres jerseys. Light or dark? Oh, the come on. I already told you. I know. You like the darks. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Also, just being a kid, watching Daniel Briere score a goal. and I don't know. Just love it. I have great memories of that. The only time the Buffalo Sabres have ever been any good. Yeah. Uh, which worst Canuck player over the last decade? Derek Pouliot. It's so easy. Derek Pouliot is the most awful hockey player to ever play a full season in the NHL. Bar none. I mean, he's an absolute legend playing for the Vegas Golden Knights farm team. No, he was traded. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's with. Um, oh, where did he go? I can't remember where he was traded. Yeah. So I just remember seeing that he was traded. Yeah, he did get traded. You're right. All right. Well, he must have some sort of value down there then. I think he got traded for futures, but sure. Yeah. I'm going to say Brock Besser. You think Brock Besser is the worst Canucks player you've seen in the last decade? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. God. Um, I'm I'm honestly going to go with an active player, though. Causes a lot more harm than he does good. Yeah, okay. I see He's where you're going. 12 feet tall. <laughs> Tyler Myers. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with more off-ice stuff just because of the impact he had on the team. Um, being the reason that they didn't re-sign Tyler Toffoli. And that would be Jake Vertanen. Didn't really contribute that much while he was here. Obviously left in controversy, and that's not why I'd consider him one of the most, well, the worst Canuck in the last decade. But just because of the impact he had on the team. Um, and the fact that, like I said, they didn't get to, to re-sign Tyler Toffoli. Well, with that being said, we can't quite get to all the questions. We had a lot more good questions that we'll try and get to next week. That's all we have time for. Time? He did say time, didn't he? <laughs> it's time for, for Tyler's Tyler surprise headline. headline. It's Tyler's surprise headline. Oh, yeah. I think my voice might have cracked. Right? Yeah, do you? I think so, yeah. I guess we'll find it's out. It's hitting puberty. <laughs> Man? Asked Trooper to leave scene of a crash so he could get more meth. What? That makes sense. (laughs) Wait, Florida? Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so... Yes, it is. Yes, it is Florida. (laughs) Okay. So he he got in a car crash. Presumably he caused it. Yes, because he was on meth. Because he was high on meth, gotcha. And then he asked the cop to leave so that he could go get more meth. Exactly. That makes sense. I mean, like, if you were high and you were running off, or running out of meth, what would be your first instinct? Running out, so you're implying that he's, like, constantly taking doses then. He's like, oh shit, it's getting low. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just microdosing his meth. He's wow. running out of fuel. Man, he crashed while he was just microdosing. God, what a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, how can you be that dumb to illegally ask? Well, obviously it's illegally, but to ask a cop if you can leave the scene of a crash, which you can't do anyways, to go get meth. 
And like the crazy thing is, is he had more meth in his car that he just forgot about. I guess so. <laughs> guess he was on his way to sell that meth. I don't know. He just he needed different meth. <laughs> was like this meth isn't good enough. I need to get more meth. Yeah, this isn't strong enough. I felt this accident. The cops like, I'm sorry. Did you say meth? <laughs> like, what, what are you talking about? I don't have any meth. Yeah, you know where I can get some more meth? All I have is flocka. <laughs> oh boy dude that flock of stuff is nuts yeah. have you guys seen some of the videos no believe it or oh, not like... i have not re- researched that no we're not All on right. florida talk like you are <laughs> google it it is some insane stuff we got a live stream at the vancouver boys do flocka jesus uh, let's not put that out there <laughs> then they go to alberta and watch a playoff game <laughs> oh my goodness People, oh god! People like try and bite other people's heads off while they're on that stuff. So I don't think we should be in an arena. <laughs> oh, I, oh, we do it before we leave. We get on the plane. We start flying the thing ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Like, watch this landing. Do a barrel roll before you come to the landing. Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> Remind me never to get on the same plane as you. After I've done flocka. <laughs> At any time. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, every, that seems safe. That's my pre-flight rituals. I ask the pilot if I can do a barrel roll when we're coming in for a landing. Yeah, the pilot's going to eat drugs on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just finally waiting for one pilot to say yes. <laughs> yeah. The When he does say yes, I'm immediately jumping off that plane. If he would let me take control for more than a second, that is not a safe plane. Especially that close <laughs> to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude, can I just barrel roll this thing into the ground, please? (laughs) Breaches out of the cloud line. Okay, now I can do it because I can see. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Well, I think that about wraps up this episode. Episode 50 in the books. Jesus. Just a reminder to all of our listeners. If you do want to contact us, you can at VancouverBoysHockey at gmail.com. Or on all our social medias, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitch, at Vancouver Boys Podcast, or on Twitter at Vancouver Boys underscore. Man, episode 50 in the books. So next week, is that the one year anniversary? Um, I think it would be the last episode of the first year. Okay. I mean, like it's still the last it's, episode before the new year. So it's... Pretty much been a year though. That Almost, is yeah. crazy. Wow. Who'd have thunk? Who would have thunk? Yeah. We actually had one more thing on the docket. It was um, Yossi for Norris, but we'll probably get to that on another episode. Uh, <laughs> or <you>. never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to talk about it. Everyone just knows. No. There's another thing I saw on there. Marcus, you're uh, you're learning to play hockey. Oh boy. Well, that will definitely get to on another episode. <laughs> Anyway, we appreciate you guys sticking around to the end. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you on the next one. Peace. And come watch us on Twitch.